Hello there, and welcome to Not The Farmer's Wife podcast. I'm CJ Steedman, and I'm definitely not the farmer's wife. I am a mum, a partner, a full-time off-farm worker, and enthusiastically a lady farmer. On our farm, Mojo Homestead, we grow chickens, goats, cows, and bees. We practice regenerative agriculture and holistic management. If, like me, you love all things farming and homesteading, and if you'd like to learn from the female farmer's perspective, then I'd love to have you along for the ride. So let's get farming. Hi everyone, this is CJ from Not The Farmer's Wife and Mojo Homestead. Uh, welcome to this special episode that I'm recording and um, it's the middle of preparation month for us here at Mojo Homestead and normally I would be sticking to the things that, you know, we've already said we're going to discuss through particular months. However, I really wanted to record this extra little episode and it may not be little. And I will give a language warning pretty quickly uh, because there's a really good chance I'm going to get cross and say some bad words. So if the kids are listening in the car, might want to listen to this one later. Um, so what I wanted to talk about today was the anti-farming rhetoric that appears to be more and more common on social media that I'm seeing. Now, obviously, I have a... Um, biased opinion about farmers because I consider myself to be one and so um, from that perspective obviously I want everybody to like farming and um, I want people to understand what farming's about uh, that's the main reason that I do what I do is to try and get the message out there um, so I follow a lot of farmers online and lately I'm seeing more and more uh, talk about um, how farmers are terrible and how farmers are ruining the environment and how farmers all hate animals and yeah there's lots of shit going down um so there's a couple of people that i follow that i really enjoy following and i would highly recommend you follow as well i'll try and put links in show notes uh, one of them is a guy who goes under the uh, title of the iowa dairy farmer and he does some amazing videos. I have never been a dairy farmer. I've never worked on a dairy. I have milking goats and I have an up-and-coming milking cow. I grew up milking my own cows for my mum and dad, like when I was a teenager. So, you know, I've seen it from the perspective of the small homesteady kind of milking a cow stuff. I have never worked in a large commercial dairy and I've never seen how a large commercial dairy works. But, oh, my God. This guy is amazing. I can't wait. We, the handy helper and I are planning a trip um, to the US, hopefully in the next two years. And there's a whole bunch of farmers that I want to go and visit and pick their brains and hopefully record some interviews for my podcast. Um, and the Iowa dairy farmer, dairy farmer is one of them. He is very upfront and very open and very transparent about what he does in his dairy farming um, another one is a um, lady, and I'm going to get the name wrong, so check the show notes, but she grows rabbits for meat. It's awesome. I grew up eating rabbits for meat, so like we, we used to go out and shoot rabbits and ferret for rabbits and things like that, and so we grew up eating rabbits and the other white meat as far as I'm concerned. Um, it, I have no problem with rabbit meat, and I have no problem with um, somebody producing rabbits on a commercial basis. Um, it's meat. And you've all, if you've been listening for any length of time, you would know that I am primarily a carnivore in my diet. Um, I am probably ketivore more to the point now. I still eat veggies. I like veggies. I like fruit. I like my honey. This, yeah, lots of things that I still eat that 
wouldn't make a street carnival. But I have a primarily meat-based diet. I have discovered that grains are not good for me um, and I don't believe that they're good for a lot of humans. Um, but if you get away with eating them without any problems, that's great for you. <coughs> so what I wanted to talk about today was how I'm seeing more and more of people hating on farmers because of what they do. And these farmers aren't doing anything particularly different. They're not. As far as I can see, they're not mistreating their animals. They're Sorry, <coughs> they're not mistreating their animals. They're not um, doing anything that I would consider to be wrong. <coughs> they're not doing anything I would consider to be wrong. They are doing everything that a farmer who cares about their stewardship of their animals and the stewardship of their land uh, would do. So a couple of things that I wanted to touch on. One is this is not an anti-vegan rant, although... Um, unfortunately, the vegan movement has a lot to answer for in regards to the information that they put out. Um, they certainly um, have caused a lot of problems. But it is no surprise to anybody that I'm not vegan um, and that I don't appreciate some of the things that they say or do. If you are vegan, well, you may not want to listen to this episode. Um if you're vegan and open-minded, then go ahead, listen to the episode. Uh, if you're anti-vegan and you hate them, again, this is probably not the episode for you. I, I don't hate on them. I just get confused by the information that they put out, especially when it appears that they have no real knowledge of what they're talking about. But I'm going to go through and address a few things. So a couple of things that they do that really have started to irritate me over time is that misinterpretation of scientific studies um, and that goes also towards a lot of the nutritional claims that they make about vegan uh, primarily plant-based or vegan diet and what I have come to discover is that they well, just completely fudge the figures there's no niceness about it they're not saying oh no we really truly believe that these foods are more nutritional they know <laughs> that to get the same amount of protein and same amount of different vitamin groups that they would that you would get from a piece of red meat they know how much um, grain and plant matter you would need to eat in order to get that level of nutritional requirement into your body and you couldn't eat it in some cases it's a matter of food and you know I mean people like to think that they eat a vegan diet primarily for health but let's face it we've all seen fat vegans um, there's a particular very famous person who um, perhaps is um, has a vested interest in um, plant-based meat uh, because he manufactures plant-based meat. And I was looking at a photo of him the other day and thinking, wow, if eating plant-based meat does that to your body, uh, I'll definitely give it a miss. Thanks very much. He certainly has got the dad bod rocking it. Well, if there's anything against dad bods, if you've got one, go you good thing. Uh, but you know, no point in saying I'm eating the healthiest diet I could possibly be eating and look at my beautiful health and in actual fact he's not a picture of health at all. Um, the exaggerated environmental claims really bug me um, and, and I think it bugs me more because these people that are making these claims clearly have never farmed. They've never gardened in a big way. They're, if they knew anything about soil health and nutrition they certainly wouldn't be making the claims that they're making. 
nature is a wonderful amazing thing and nature knows what's best for it and if you look back several hundred thousand years depending on which country you're in the primary way that the soil was maintained and grasslands were maintained was through herds of um, ruminant animals moving across them uh, if you don't believe me there are lots of studies on it but definitely my go-to Alan Savory uh, he does a TEDx talk that is just the bomb but soil needs ruminants to walk across it shit pee eat down the grass to you know root level uh, stomp all their manure and their urine in and stomp on the plants to, to get a bit of spark happening back in them and then those ruminants because they're clever animals they know they can only eat so much grass in that area they then move on now they move on because they're finding fresh grass they also move on because they probably had predators who were coming in behind them looking for the weak the sick the newborns um, so the herd would move as a herd stomping its feet and into the ground and push all that manure and urine into the ground as it would move on now the way that the nature life cycle goes those herds would move around a certain area and they'd come back and work their way back to their starting point and when they'd get back to their starting point that soil that had all the manure and urine pushed into it and had all the grass chomped down really low that's had a break now for x number of months possibly even a year for some herbivores the some herds the way they used to move and so now that that soil's had that chance to boom back up with all that nutrients stomped into it and the grass had been cut down so to trimming you know i mean fuck you could go as far as saying you know we know that that works because when you trim your hair it always grows back looks healthier so the grass would grow up nice and healthy and the animals would come back and eat it again for some reason people that are anti-farmer uh, are anti-herd animals and they have this whole thing that you know by doing that by pushing the animals across the the grasslands and you know um, rotate grazing is uh, rotated grazing is what they call it in farming circles they will push the animals into a paddock they graze in that paddock for a certain period of time then they move them into another paddock for some reason people that are anti-farming think that this is not good and i don't know how the only thing i can come up with is that they've never actually worked land they've never looked after land they've never been stewards of the land if they were stewards of the land they would know how good the soil looks after that process after that rotation of, of graze rotational grazing systems been in place but they don't i don't know whether they just don't want to know or they just don't want to listen whatever anyway so they they make a lot of claims that that they can't back up or that they if they uh if they made the claim based on information that was given to them uh, they would know that they were wrong the other one that drives me nuts is the <laughs> the animal welfare issue where they go oh, and this is i feel so sorry for this iowa dairy dairy farmer so <laughs> they make a claim that he rapes his cows each year uh, because he does artificial insemination <laughs> which anybody that has been around livestock and livestock is my key thing i have certainly more interest in livestock than i do in vegetable growing um uh anybody that's been around livestock will know that <laughs> there's nothing if there's if there's any uh raping going on and i don't like using that word because i think it's i think it desensitizes what natural rape is and i think that a rape victim would be mortified to hear that comparison with an animal um not because animals are any less i love my animals but 
um, to use that term, it almost desensitises us to, oh, that animal was raped. No, rape is a really serious crime and it is a power imbalance. It is somebody using their um, ability to control another. That is not the case with livestock. And I think that that, that would be demeaning to a victim who had been a victim of a sexual assault to have that phrase bandied about that the animal was raped. When anybody that's dealt with livestock, and I've got videos on my TikTok if you want to go and have a look, um, when my girls are in heat, when my goats and, and my cows and the horses are in heat, oh, my God, the behaviour is appalling. Uh, I don't like to use the word tart or slut or anything like that. I, I find that word quite offensive in the sense that, you know, do whatever you like. I don't have any real opinion on other people's behaviour. But my goat girls, oh, my God, they will drag me off my feet trying to get to the buck. When they're in heat, their hormones and their natural um, the mechanics of their brain are saying, you get pregnant now, you go and get pregnant right now and get yourself, you, you need to have a baby. Um, there is definitely no power imbalance other than I feel sorry for the buck sometimes because the girls will go in there and literally shove their woohoo in his face and say, get me pregnant right now, I need to have a kid. The buck obliges because that's his nature. That's what nature does. Nature goes, here is an animal of an appropriate age, breeding age, who is on heat, is in estrus, is ready to go. She's There's an egg ready to be fertilised. And the buck goes, bingo, nature, I'm here, I'm your man, let me at it, I will fertilise that egg for you, and I will do exactly what nature intended me to do. Now, when it's artificial insemination, believe me, there is no point in wasting a straw of semen on a cow or a goat or a sheep or a horse that is not ready to breed. And that's all you'd be doing is wasting the straw. If they're not in estrus, if they're not in heat, if their egg is not ready to be fertilised, there would be no point in putting that straw in. The straw is not very long and, um, you know, artificial insemination can be done literally by anybody who's done a couple of day course so it's really not a big stretch to learn how to do artificial insemination i'm planning on learning to do it in the next couple of years uh, because i don't want to necessarily always have to have a buck or a bull on hand uh, it, it's definitely not a sexual assault of the animal to impregnate them at the time that they're on heat in estrus ready to be mated it is definitely not a sexual assault so they're putting a human spin on an animal and you know we we all do it we've got you know in our household we've got baby goats we've got dogs of course we act like they're human and they say things to us and they do things i don't think any person who has animals that loves their animals would ever not do that um and farmers do it Okay, so those of you that think farmers don't do it, they do absolutely do it. They put a human spin on their animals. But you also have to take a step back and say that animal doesn't have that um, extra knowledge of what's going on. All it knows is nature is telling it to get itself pregnant right now. It's ready to be pregnant. It should be breeding because breeding ensures survival of that particular race. And that is all that animal is interested in at that point in time. It's same when it chook goes clucky and sits on eggs you're fighting an uphill battle to get them off the eggs because all they're thinking is i have to continue my species that's what nature has made them do and 
you know, as humans, we've evolved to a point where we understand different things about that. But for an animal, all that they are concerned about is the continuation of their species. So I get shitty when they do that, when they put that human spin on it. Um, okay, so why do we need to not be anti-farmer is probably the next thing to, to, to look at. And I think what's really important, I saw a little TikTok of a, a young kid, he would have only been probably 16, 17, and they said, what do you think about farmers? And he said, well, they're destroying the environment. They're destroying the climate. We need to get rid of farmers. I have a little saying, and I've got it on a couple of my um, print-on-demand products that I sell online. I have a little saying that goes, without farmers, we'd all be hungry, naked, and sober. Now, even if you're not a drinker, do you really want to be hungry and naked? Because I can't think of anything worse, personally. Without farmers, we would have so few products that would be available for consumption. Well, there'd be no food. Without farmers, unless you are capable of growing everything yourself in your backyard, which I hope you can grow some things, but unless you're capable of growing absolutely everything in your backyard, you need farmers. And particularly if you are a oat milk drinking <laughs> a vegan, you absolutely need farmers. Um, the overly processed food that is a mainstay of most people's diets can't be, can't be grown without farmers. Um, certainly things that are monocropped, like your oat milk, your soys, uh, your corns, your canolas, uh, things like that that go into such a large, large proportion of processed um, diets. Without farmers, they can't be grown. I can tell you right now, I've tried growing wheat at home. And to grow wheat at home is hard work. They have um, modified the wheat to the point where it is bloody impossible to grow without chemical fertilisers, uh, chemical pesticides, without all that additive, without all the added things into it. It's really fucking hard to grow. Now, I would love to grow my own wheat and mill it. Um, I've got a Thermomix. I'd mill my own wheat for making bread, for making my sourdough. But it's actually not practical to do it. Uh, these monocrop farms, which are destroying the environment. Sorry if you're a monocrop farmer, but you know as well as I do, it's not great for the soil. Um, without them growing those things, you're not eating. There's no bread. There's no crackers. There's no bickies. There's no none of that. You are without food. So unless you can grow it in your backyard, uh, yeah, it, it needs to be farmed. Now, that having been said, even if you do grow the vast majority of things in your backyard, like I do, I grow yeah, just about all the veggies that we use and we grow quite a few fruits that we use. Uh, we have our own chicken eggs, we have our own chicken meat, we have our own goat's milk. So I'm producing a lot of foodstuffs for myself. That's called farming. <laughs> so I hate to break it to you. If you're anti-farming and you're growing all that stuff in your backyard, you're a farmer. <laughs> so no point being anti-you. Um, as Amory King, I don't know if there's anybody out there that's old enough to remember it all, but Amory King, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, on YouTube years and years ago, uh, did a big spiel about why people are anti-police. And he went along the lines of, there are so many things you can be anti. You could be anti-pedophile, you could be anti-tax you know, dodger, you could be anti-thief, you know, they come in and steal shit out of your backyard or your backshed. 
Uh, I think he goes on to say he could be anti, and he names some country and western singer that I don't know that he obviously doesn't like, Luke Luke Brand or Luke Brandt or something like that. Um, he's, he rattles off all the things you could be anti, but to be anti-farmer is kind of silly, especially if you are, you know, an urban farmer yourself, then definitely don't be anti. Now, as far as food security goes, yeah, we, we said without farming, we've got no clothes because cotton and wool are grown from farming. Uh, and don't get me started on the fake fake synthetic fabrics because I can't stand them. Um, so cotton and wool are grown by farmers. All your veggies, uh, your oat milk, your wheat for your bread uh, and crackers, uh, your meat if you're a meat eater like me, and eggs are all grown by farmers. Um, so it, without all those things, no farmers, no no food. They talk about food security, and a lot of people will go on to that tangent of, oh my god, you know, we can we can now make meat in a lab, and that'll help feed the world. I hate to break it to you, folks, but there is more than enough farmers and land out there to feed the world as it stands. If we weren't monocropping in such huge quantities but doing regenerative agriculture in those same quantities that we're monocropping in, there is no way known that we cannot produce enough food to feed the world. We just have to use our resources smart. Instead of using our resources to make these bulk packaged foods, let's make use our resources to make real food because let's face it, Real food has real nutrients and real vitamins and a real benefit for your health. So if we start doing the regenerative agriculture on the scale that we're doing the monocropping of, of particular substances that we then process the fuck out of to make food, we'd be feeding the world. So it's not an issue of that. It's also a matter of supporting farmers locally because when we talk about climate issues, a lot of the things that will come up will be, oh, cows are bad for the environment. They fart and burp. Well, they have burp. Um, they do fart. And they've done studies, and these were ones that they, where they got the figures and decided to completely alter the figures before they put them out there. But they've done studies on it, and the cows farting is not making any difference. What is making a difference is people taking planes, and people having to use road transport. So when you need, and I love all my truckies out there, don't, like please don't think I'm having a go at truckies in Australia in particular. Without road transport, there are so many things we would miss out on. But to blame cows over the top of transport like airlines is just beyond the pale. Um, air travel is the biggest contributor. Uh, I think in line, well, transport in general is the biggest contributor. But airlines themselves, if you if you are taking planes anywhere, then you have no right to be criticising a cow. The amount of damage that a cow does versus your plane ride it is not even in the same ballpark. If you insist on buying things that are not grown locally, just say you get your avocados from Queensland and you live in Victoria, and I love avocados. I'd still buy them when they get transported down. Um, <clears throat> if you're doing that, don't be picking on no cow because you are contributing to, to climate issues way more than a cow is by insisting on having a produce 
that can't be grown in your backyard or even in your local area in a 10, 20, 50, 100k radius from you and you're importing it from the area that it's grown in, then you have no right to criticise a cow. You need to have a look at your own backyard first. And if you're happy for road transport to bring you that avocado that was grown in far north Queensland down to Melbourne uh, because you have to have your, your avon toast, well, just rein it in and accept the fact that you are a contributing factor and that a cow farting is not going to make any difference. So what else have we... Well, climate change... I, and I should out there folks that I am not a climate change denier but I really don't believe that climate change is what the government want us to think it is so in my mind climate change happens because it's a cyclical thing climates do change and I have lived through ice caps melting and the ozone layer falling apart and we were going to have acid rain in the 80s and then I can't think what else we were going to have but I've seen so many disasters coming that I've kind of given up on the whole disaster thing when the newspapers start going oh my god the sky is falling the sky is falling I've just given up on it climate changes over a cyclical basis over the earth and it has done for a millennia and it's going to continue to do that what we have an issue with with climate is the pollution of humans so humans pollute and they pollute because they they're not smart about how they deal with their waste and they're not smart about how they deal with their soil and they're not smart about the amount of rubbish and disposable items that they come up with so we do have a climate issue but the climate issue to me in my mind stems from the fact that humans are dirty little fuckers and can't clean up after themselves so that aside, now that I've put that out there, um, farming, being anti-farmer because of climate change is just ridiculous. <laughs> We're not causing the climate change. Your uh, takeaway disposable cups that you throw out all the time, your plastic bags, your, your pleather, which is the fake leather, which I just love how people go, oh, but it's fake leather. It's so good for the environment. No, why don't you stop calling it pleather and start calling it plastic? because that's what it is. It's just plastic fabric. And if you want to wear plastic fabric, that's fine. It's not biodegradable, folks. It's not going to break down to the earth. You can't compost it. You can't um, uh, put it back into the soil. It's plastic. It's chemicals. So if that's what you want, that's fine. But do not be bitching about climate change and how cows farting is causing it when you're wearing your pleather shoes. Um, the other thing is that what people don't realise with farming is that 90%, probably even more, I'd say 95%, 95% of farmers make their living off their land and off their livestock. Why would they do something that is going to cause a decline in their ability to earn income? Just putting it out there as a question. Why would somebody treat their livestock badly when we know if we treat our livestock right, we're going to earn more money off it and we're going to have better quality. Why would we do that? If we're um, not interested in land stewardship and we're just going to decimate the earth, why would we do that when that soil is what's feeding our cows and our gardens and our crops? Why on earth would we do that? Why would we destroy waterways? if we then have to pay for water to be brought in because we don't have enough water or we've got erosion problems uh, because we haven't looked after where the water courses are going. Not going to happen. Farmers don't do that and 
people that think that farmers do that are people, unfortunately, who've never actually been out to a farm. Uh, because if they had been out to a farm, they'd understand that, <laughs> not stupid, we're going to look after the hand that feeds. And if you don't look after the hand that feeds, you're not going to get fed. So regenerative agriculture, which is what I think about 95% of farmers are aiming towards at this point in time, means that we are helping the soil grow. We're helping the soil replenish itself so that it can continue to grow the crops and the and the grasslands and the trees and the things that we need in doing that it then helps us grow our livestock uh, so if the soil's not healthy our livestock aren't going to be healthy either um, the way that regenerative agriculturals do that is that they pay attention to their soil because that's where all life comes from pay attention to their soil they do what they have to do to stop the soil going downhill and that can mean reducing the chemical load. So um, I know our farm is chemical free because I have bees. I have to keep it chemical free because most chemicals will harm our bees. Um, but it's also um, synthetic fertiliser free. If I can't fertilise the soil in an organic format, then I'm not really feeding the soil. I'm paying, feeding some corporation's bank account by buying it. And I don't want to have to do that. I would much rather use the organic method. Uh, so most of them will do that. And what they're gearing towards, what most farmers are gearing towards is long-term sustainability. So they want to be able to run their farm without the inputs, the chemical inputs, the, the inputs from companies, and instead have the input coming from an organic natural source and helping Mother Nature and doesn't matter whether you're religious or not religious or whatever you are, helping Mother Nature to um, do what she does best, which is make healthy animals, healthy plants, healthy soil, healthy environment. That's what farmers are trying to do. Um, consumers, I don't know how else to get the message across to consumers. Um, I think the best way is if people talk about it, but I still see so much stuff going online and that's why I recorded this. I see so much stuff going on online where people are still, all farmers are killing their animals and all farmers are killing their, their, their environment and, you know, farmers are terrible and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, come on, people. Without us, you wouldn't be eating. You would have to wear entirely synthetic clothing, which if that's your thing, go for it. I can't stand it. I'd much rather cotton. And believe me, cotton is a monocrop and it is not great for the environment. But farmers out there are trying to find ways to make it more sustainable in the environment because that's their livelihood. Of course they want to do that. But I don't know how else we can get these messages out to people that regenerative agriculture is actually a way to heal the earth, heal the soil. It is a way to produce sustainable um, large quantities of both um, plant and animal nutrition for humans to consume and it's also a really really I don't want to say it but it's a it's an occupation that people should be proud of you know I love the fact when I, I went just today I was at kids sport and I had a lady come up to me who'd bought some eggs from me um, only a week ago and she said oh my goodness we sat down and ate the eggs and she said, I, you know, she said, I knew the pasture raised eggs. I knew that that would mean that they would be, um, you know, healthier, probably a little bit yummier. But she said, I had no idea how much a difference they would taste. 
they tasted amazing. They tasted like real eggs. They were healthy. They were bright yellow yolks. The whites looked great. She said the kids just inhaled them. I walked away going, that is all I want. I just want to feed people good, nutritious food that is also benefiting the environment to grow it. And having pasture-raised chickens, certainly, you should see my paddocks. Oh, my God. They are so healthy from having these pasture-raised chickens roaming freely on them. So what can we do? I don't know. What can we do? You, you tell me. But I really want people to get out there and get behind some of these farmers who are doing regenerative practices. And, and you know, a commercial dairy farmer is still, he's still doing the best he can for his animals because they're his lifeblood. Uh, but how can we do it? You tell me how we can get behind people who are farming and support them and let them know that we appreciate what they're doing. Because certainly having people come up to me and tell me that they appreciate the eggs that I am providing them with, and they're paying for them. You know, I, I'm not doing this for free. It's a business. Uh, I have to make an income. I have to live. And they cost money to raise. Uh, but knowing that I am supplying them with the best quality food just absolutely makes me so happy. Um, yeah. Anyway, rant over, folks. If you have any comments, by all means, send them to me. But like I said, it was probably not anti-vegan, but certainly not maybe showing the vegans in a favourable light. Uh, and for those of you that do support farmers already, Thank you so much. Uh, we love doing what we do and we do it because we want people to eat happy and healthy food and we want them to wear clothes that are happy, that are made, you know, without causing any environmental issues but are still good quality. Um, so if you're doing that, good on you. Anyway, that's enough for me. Uh, if you haven't already, um, you can go to uh, www mojohomestead.net backslash seven must knows and you can download a little guide to how to keep your very own backyard chickens so you can then say that you're like a mini farmer or an urban farmer um go ahead and get that guide uh and uh if you haven't already followed me on all the social medias follow me on all the social medias uh from time to time i am going to try and interview some of these farmers that i'm talking about and I hope that you can listen to that and get something from it. Uh, and if not, well, you know, you can just keep buying locally off local farmers. Go to the farmer's markets. Buy off them. Don't go to the supermarkets. Sorry, supermarkets. Anyway, that's enough for me. See you, everyone. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed our time together. If you did, I'd be so grateful if you left me a review. I would also absolutely love it if you tagged me in your next post on your favourite socials at either Not The Farmer's Wife or Mojo Homestead. And don't forget to get your free guide to backyard chicken keeping at www.mojohomestead.net backslash seven must knows. And remember, grow the life you want to live. See ya. See ya.